It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right, Matt Derry will join us from the Locked On Lions podcast in just a moment here on the radio show and talk about if the Hawks win Sunday will the Lions show up with everything they got on Sunday night at 5.15. What do you think? Because here's my take. I think the Lions hate the Packers. I think the Lions want to beat the Packers. I think beating Green Bay would be great for the Lions to end their year and go 9-8, and eight, obviously, after starting, what, 1-6, and six, whatever it was on the season. I think all that's awesome. I think it'd be awesomer if they could have all that, Jackson, and a playoff spot if they win the game on Sunday. And the last part there is the important part because they will know when they kick off that game if they have a shot at the yeah, playoffs. And, yeah. and listen, I think the Seahawks will take care of business against the I Aaron do. Donaldless Rams. Mm-hmm. So the, the reality is this. You know, you can go into that game and you can say, you know, we have we, we want to you know be 9-8 and eight and we, we want to do this, we want to do that, we want to knock the Packers out. At the end of the day, the thing that matters most is shot at the playoffs or not a shot at the playoffs. And they, they that will be a dejected team right. if they are looking right. at the scoreboard and seeing the Seahawks having one. Well, the Packers are given five and the Hawks are given six. So Vegas thinks the Hawk game is a bigger slam dunk than the one in Green Bay. They're both kind of evenly matched games, obviously. I'm curious to see uh, what the line does after the Seahawks game is over. If the Hawks win, how much that line drops, if at all, before the Lions and Packers play at 520. But dude, here's the thing. And I mentioned this with Dick the other day. I'm just not sensing a lot of buzz for this game on Sunday. VenueKings.com. The tickets are now 59 bucks to get in the door. I can't remember the last time the Seahawks played a final week of the regular season game with the playoffs on the line. And you could get in for under 60 bucks. Now, this isn't a you're winning, you're in thing. They win, and they still need help from the Lions. So maybe if this was a win-and-you're-in deal on Sunday afternoon, maybe the ticket prices would be higher. Maybe there'd be more buzz, and maybe there'd be more interest. But I don't know, dude. Maybe it's just me and the world that I live in, bro, but I'm just kind of looking at a big meh burger right now from the Seahawks fans on Sunday. Funny enough, you mentioned the the price to get in a couple hours ago. So it, it sparked my brain. Back in uh, 2000 and, well, 2010, actually, that would be, the Charlie Whitehurst game mm-hmm. for the, to get the Seahawks to the playoffs. I think it was a winner-take-all Sunday night game against the Rams right. as well when they were in St. Louis, and Charlie Whitehurst started, winner goes to the playoffs. Right, that was a 2010 season, correct, I, yes. I remember taking uh, taking a friend to the game, and I, I went back and I looked at how much I paid for those tickets. I actually was able to pull up the account, and I paid 70 bucks a pop wow. for, for two 300-level tickets. Yeah. And that's in 2010 that's- that's in 2010. Right. right. This is cheaper than that. You know, I know you know we're we're still a decade removed from the Super Bowl, but but still, like, I would think that 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 I was expecting to see prices of like 40 bucks each, not yeah. 70 yeah. bucks each. Well, and look, I'm 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 looking at some other games around the NFL. It's kind of become one of my favorite games to play. How much is stuff on Venue Kings? <laughs> and I'm looking at the Colts Texans game. Oh, in Indianapolis. How much do you think it costs on VenueKings.com to get in the door for the Colts and Texans on VenueKings.com right now? 30 bucks. Take a guess. You are way wrong. Oh. 
it's $14 to get in the door right now at venuekings.com. How much to get in the door for the Saints and Panthers at the Superdome on Sunday? Take a guess at that one. Uh, $40. $40, you are way wrong. It's 9 bucks to what? get in the door. So it could be worse, right? I mean, we've seen a lot of turds of games in the last <laughs> couple weekends where there's just so... You could get lower bowl seats on the Saints sideline for $113. Lower wow. bowl seats on the Panthers sideline for 87 bucks. So, hey, look, I mean, I, I totally get it. Those teams are done. They got nothing to play for at all. But I, I really believe if this was, and you know what? Actually, I take that back. I got no idea. Maybe it's just the seventh seed. Maybe fans are sitting around thinking, dude, the only reason why the Hawks are even in the damn playoffs is because they expanded the postseason. Okay, how long does that argument last? Like, are we going to be sitting here in a decade from now and the Hawks are fighting for the seventh seed. And you're saying the only reason why is because they expanded. And that was 10 years ago. How long does that last? How long does it last it, until fans just accept it that, hey, this is what it is. It still is less than half the league that makes the postseason. It still is a big deal when you're in the NFL playoffs. I think it's going to take a couple years for fans to get used to that because I think unless you have a legit shot or believe you have a legit shot, at winning the Super Bowl or at least making a run to the conference championship, fans will say stuff like that. Listen, I'm I'm not Dick Fain. I don't you usually. You're tell, not. I tell, thought you were. I don't Sorry, usually dude. tell people how to feel, but <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I love Dick. I, I, this, I'm on my period. <laughs> That's so bad. So bad. Uh, but listen, right, tell fans how they should act. But listen, I'm going to tell Go people how. It. Stop making the seven seeds seem like you're not in the playoffs. Right, this is how right. it's set up now. Don't degrade the playoffs because, oh, you're the seven seed. The playoffs are the playoffs. The seven seed matters just as much this year yeah. as the six yeah. seed did last year. Well, what's funny about it is that I, I hear things like they're not a legit playoff team. Well, if they make it, they are indeed yeah. exactly a legit playoff team because they're in the playoffs. Well, joining us right now on the radio show from the Locked On Lions podcast, one of our favorite guys to have on the show. Uh, we got to find out if the Hawks take care of business on Sunday at 125. Will the Lions take care of business on Sunday night at Lambeau Field? Will they play with the same gusto if they find out before kickoff that they cannot play in the NFL playoffs? Joining us right now on the radio show from the Locked On Lions podcast. He's a star in Detroit. He's a big damn deal in the Motor City. Our friend Matt Deary is with us right now. On the radio program, talking Lions and Packers on Sunday night football. Maddie, how are you, pal? What's going on? Uh, Softy, it's great to hear your voice, brother. Happy New Year. Uh, you know, anytime I think of you, Dub Sports, especially football, I'm always checking my Twitter feed to see you going crazy. So, uh, yeah. you know, your Huskies are there. They'll be. They're going to be okay. Yeah, there's a lot to go crazy about right now if you're a Washington football fan. Uh, but there's also potentially, uh, even without a win on Sunday night, a lot to go crazy about if you're a Lion fan. And before we talk about the game on Sunday, the playoff implications, all that, uh, have people bought into? Uh, are they jumping on the Dan Campbell wagon out there in Motown, pal? Yeah, man, they're they're all in. Everybody's all in. Other than when they started one and six, there were some people questioning if this guy was a legitimate head coach and can he really do this? He obviously has the team motivated. He's got them all bought in, which is great. But from a from an X's and O's standpoint, and just you know, can he go up against the likes of Pete Carroll or or Bill Belichick in a game? And obviously, he lost to Pete. He lost to Bill. But you know what I mean. Just can he X and O? Um, 
you know, for football decisions, can he do this? And then they go from one and six to six and one and get to a point now where they sit at eight and eight and a chance if you guys somehow lost to the Rams, which I don't see happening, but yeah. but a chance to get into the playoffs. And even if they don't, I know you're going to ask me this, so let me just, let's do it. Even if the Seahawks win, yeah. the Lions are going to be motivated and they're going to play their asses off. They do not like Aaron Rodgers. Deshaun Elliott, starting safety today, went off on Rodgers and basically said, I don't like his antics. I don't like what he's saying about us. They are fired up to play this game no matter if the Seahawks win or lose. Yeah, all right. And I want to revisit the Deshaun Elliott thing in a second because there's a part of me that thinks he's taking a page out of Michael Jordan's playbook and just creating some motivation out of thin air. But we'll talk about that in a moment. So no doubt, Matt. And again, Matt Deary from the Locked on Lions podcast with us on the air. Lions Packers on Sunday night. Hawks win Sunday. They need the Lions to beat the Packers on Sunday and the Hawks make the playoffs. Uh, No doubt that they don't like Green Bay. All right. Everybody gets it. There's a rivalry, whatever. No doubt they'll be fired up. But will they be even more fired up to play this game on Sunday night? if they know they make the playoffs with a victory. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm not going to disagree with you and say, no, no, it's going to be the same. Uh, of course they would be a little bit more, but I'm telling you this narrative that's out there that the Seahawks got screwed okay. because they're playing at 425 Eastern and the Lions are playing at 820 Eastern. I'm not buying it. I'm telling you right now, see, the Seahawks obviously need to handle their business, and I think they will, but they're going to see a Lions team that, has so much to play for, even if it's not in the playoffs. It's just because we've been so bad here for so long. They've been so bad here for so long. And they were a three-win team a year ago. They were a laughing stock at one and six. Now, I mean, the, the players all listen. They know, like, to get to nine and eight, finish the year at nine and eight, and finish in second place, sweep Green Bay, shut Rodgers up, and go 5-1 and one in the division are all things they're motivated to do. I truly believe that. And I wouldn't say that about other teams. I saw if you be the first to tell you, yeah, man, if they're knocked out of the playoffs, they're going to rest a couple guys, or they're going to be – no, they're all in. They're going to yeah. be – and for people to go, well, maybe Dan Campbell will go for it more because knowing that there's nothing on the line. No, they're treating this like there's a ton on the line, even if the Seahawks lose yeah. or Seahawks win. So. Yeah. I think they're going to do things the same way. It's kind of what they've always done. I think the one thing Campbell's done recently is he's not been as 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 Dan as Chris Myers from Fox calls him Dan Gamble. He's been he's been a little bit more conservative, but it's been smart. He's taken the points when the field goal is there. He's he's decided to punt when it's fourth and ten at the fifty, and he's not going for it. He's using his his weapon of Jack Fox, one of the better punters in the league, to pin a team deep. So. I don't think it's anything crazy that goes on because the Seahawks won. I think they're going to play this the exact same way. Well, I, I hope you're right uh, because I'm one of the the Hawks got screwed crowd members here, and I, well, <laughs> I, know, I know I know you are. Well, because here's 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 my deal on that. Um, why does the NFL wait and keep every kickoff time for Week 18 open every single year? To avoid situations like this. So if you're telling me that it doesn't matter, and maybe it's a unique situation because it's Lions Green Bay, right? If it was Lions uh, Commanders, maybe you wouldn't be on the air telling us that Detroit would be as fired oh, up as they are to play Green Bay. Right. Right. I, I, I wouldn't. You're right. and But you're wrong on one thing, Softy. This isn't about... Uh, the NFL and the scheduling and to get it fair. It's about money. But that's the They're whole point. On, 
Right, or, but they're that's... putting Aaron Rodgers on Sunday night right. because Aaron Rodgers is going to is going to put eyeballs on. Agreed, thousand percent agreed. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So so d- don't don't tell me that in years past you've kept the game times TBD to make sure that everything is fair and balanced when it comes to the playoffs. When it really, in the end, it's all about ratings and revenue. Just admit it. I'm totally fine with that. If that's if you're being honest about it, no problem. I mean, I, I think this situation is. You're right. If this was Washington instead of the Lions, yeah. I think you'd be furious because you'd be saying, "What are the Commanders playing for? They're starting Sam freaking Howell. Right. Who cares?" Right. If it was Cleveland and the Browns went, "Eh, we're gonna take Deshaun Watson out at halftime and put Brissett in," you'd go crazy. This is unique. And people in Seattle don't get it because we're zillions of miles away across the country. But I'm telling you, this Lions team is going to go, they're going to play balls out, man. They really are, which is a good thing for the Seahawks if they win, which I think, like we said, I think they will. But I do see your point. I don't think you're wrong about it. I just think the Seahawks are a little bit lucky that they got the Lions because this Lions team is, is different. They're completely motivated regardless okay. of what happens in Seattle. Well, I'm totally telling you. And let me let me put it this way then. Matt Deary with us again from the Locked On Lions podcast. So, all right, uh, the Lions will play hard. The Lions hate Green Bay, blah, blah, blah. Deshaun Elliott doesn't like Aaron Rodgers. Do you really close your eyes and envision and see the Lions walking into Lambeau and winning in prime time on Sunday night? I think they have a chance. I do. And I would have told you weeks ago I would have picked against them. Uh, I kind of, you know, on our Thursday show, I, I said Mason Crosby with a late field goal, and I think Green Bay will win, you know, in a, in a close one. I'm not going to lie to you and tell you, oh, yeah, it's off to you. The Lions are going to win. <laughs> I'm not that way. I think that I think Rodgers is hot and playing well, and their defense is much better than it was when the Lions saw them earlier in the year. But with that being said, can the Lions win this game? Yes, absolutely. Uh, the run game's been good. The, uh, you win up front in this league. I don't have to tell you guys that in Seattle. You guys know when your O-line was dominant, when your D-line was unbelievable with the Legion of Boom, uh, you won a lot of games. Um, that's where the Lions are sitting right now. Their D-line is playing the best it's played all year. Right. And their O-line, their O-line moves bodies. And the, the Green Bay run defense, you know, I remember watching them on, on NBC Sunday Night Football a few weeks ago in Philly get, get shredded in, for 40 points. So the Lions can get Jamal Williams, DeAndre Swift going. That'll be great. That'll keep Rodgers off the field. So there are some things the Lions are doing uh, that match up well against Green Bay, which is obviously good for Seattle. Well, I I am fascinated, Matt. And again, Matt Deary from the Locked on Lions podcast with us. Lions-Packers on Sunday night becomes a huge game. Obviously, if the Hawks can beat the Rams on Sunday, we all go home and uh, flip on Channel 5, uh, 105 here in Seattle, and high def, by the way, and watch the Lions and Packers on NBC and root like Matt for Detroit to win the game. Um, I love when players find unique ways to motivate themselves. And I remember watching the Jordan documentary, and there was a segment there where they basically documented and talked about how Michael Jordan would literally create stuff in his head that wasn't true to get himself motivated and fired up to beat somebody. Now, I'm not saying Deshaun Elliott is full of it. But Deshaun Elliott comes out and says all this stuff about what Aaron Rodgers has been saying about the Lions, lack of respect, blah, blah, blah. And then I see Packer fans and even some Lion fans, Matt, say, hey, wait a minute. Aaron Rodgers has been nothing but respectful all week long of this Lions football team. So is this real or is this something that Deshaun Elliott is making up in his brain to get him fired up for Sunday? 
Well, I mean, I think it's it's. I hate to sit on the fence, but Rogers <laughs> does have a history this year of to down talking Detroit. The, the the Lions beat them in a very ugly game weeks ago, like nineteen to fifteen or whatever, eighteen to sixteen or whatever it was, and it was not a good. The Lions didn't play well in that game. And at the time, they were one and six and won that game. They picked Aaron Rodgers off three times. One of the interceptions bounced off a helmet and in the hands of Aiden Hutchinson. So it, it was one of those games where there were some fluky things that happened. And after the game, Rodgers said, we can't lose to that team that way. And that was, that was backhanded. He called them that team. Like, yeah, we can't lose to a one and six team here. <laughs> so that was, that was strike one. Taylor Decker, the Lions left tackle, said after that game, you know, scoreboard, I don't want to hear what he has to say. He's never liked us, blah, blah, blah. Then, few weeks later, Lisa Salters is interviewing Rodgers after a game and, and says you got some tough games coming up against three winning teams, Miami, Minnesota, and Detroit. And he corrected her and said the Lions aren't a winning team. They're 500, which at the time they were 7-7. Seven and seven. So that Lion fans took that like Rodgers was saying, nope, they're not over 500 yet type yeah. of thing. And that was yeah. a slight. And a few Lions commented on that. Now, this week, you're right. Rodgers has been saying it's not the same old Lions anymore and they, they look much better and we can't take them lightly. So he's been good this week. But the likes of Decker, James Houston today, Deshaun Elliott today have all, they're riding this thing a little bit from what he said the last few weeks. Yeah, yeah. Hey, whatever works, baby, go get him, right? If the Seahawks lose on Sunday, uh, I'll be honest with you, I could not care less. Uh, but if they win, <laughs> if they win on Sunday, we will be rooting for you like mad to win that game against Green Bay on Sunday night. All right, man, appreciate this, Matt. Go get him. Uh, have a great New Year, pal. We'll talk soon, all right? All right, Softy. Thanks, buddy. All right, man. Matt Deary again uh, from the Locked On Lions podcast with us on the radio show. we got to break. Dave Haxtall, coach of your Red Hot Kraken, uh, hammering Toronto last night, hammering Edmonton on Tuesday. That's as good a back-to-back wins as the boys have had uh, so far in their franchise history, I think. And we'll talk to the head coach, Dave Haxtall, joining us from Ottawa next on 93.3 KJRFM. Now back to Football Friday with Softy and Dick. Proudly brought to you by Bud Light. On your home for the 12th man in the NFL. Ladies and gentlemen, need we say more? Sports Radio 93.3, KJR-FM. All right, boys and girls, before we get to Dave Haxtall, uh, Sports Radio 93.3, KJR-FM brings you the $1,000 Power Play brought to you by Muckleshoot Casino. Your chance to win 1000 bucks. Just enter... The code word CHECK, C-H-E-C-K, CHECK, on the website right now at 933KJR.com. You know what's funny about that, by the way? Uh, I always make fun of the fact that we have to spell the words out for people, and I'm always, like, in the back of my brain, am I going to misspell this? (laughs) (laughs) Enter the keyword CHECK, C-H-E-K-K. Q-U-E. At 933KJR.com. Well, joining us right now... On the radio program, fresh off a whipping over the Leafs last night. The Oilers on Tuesday. Ten goals, their last two. They've won three in a row. And a boys going for four straight against Ottawa tomorrow. Dave Haxtall, who has landed in Ottawa, is with us on the radio show. Coach, how are you, man? I'm good, Softy. Happy New Year. How you doing? I'm doing good, pal. So listen, uh, we've gotten to know you a little bit. And you're a, you're an even keel kind of guy, it seems like. You don't get too up. You don't get too down. No one win is better than the other when it comes to the regular season. But let me ask you this flat out. Uh, isn't there something special about walking into Edmonton and then walking into Toronto 
scoring 10 goals and coming out with two wins in back-to-back games. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, a couple of things. Yeah, going into Edmonton it is because I got a lot of friends and family yeah. uh, there because I grew up about an hour away. So all of my family uh, was wearing cracking gear, but a couple of my buddies still had uh, had Oilers gear on. So it was oh. nice to win there. And uh, always good to go into Toronto. It always feels good to go in uh, and, and get a win there. That's, uh, as a franchise, that's our first win in there. So it's it's a... It can be a tough place to play, but it, uh, it was a hell of a win for for our guys last night. Well, one thing that I haven't had a chance yet, Hack, to do is go on the road and follow you guys away from Climate Pledge Arena. And you mentioned the environment, the atmosphere. For for fans that don't know, what 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 is the environment? What is the atmosphere like in a place like Edmonton and Toronto for a visiting team? Yeah, every building has you know has a little bit of their own personality, but uh, both both cities are awesome hockey towns. Um, you know, both both cities obviously really passionate about their team. So those are those are two buildings that uh, they can both be momentum buildings because the the uh, you know the crowd and the uh, you know the home ice advantage can get things rolling. But uh, like I said, they you know every every rink has its own personality. Uh, Edmonton's growing into their new building there. You know, there's several years now into a beautiful uh, new arena there, but. Uh, you know, again, uh, both buildings pretty pretty tough. Can be pretty tough buildings to go into. Yeah, well, Dave Hackstall with us, uh, coach of the Kraken. Kraken get the five one win last night over Toronto uh, in Toronto. Unbelievable second period, by the way, by you guys last night with four goals. Tell me about what was talked about at the break there, and what worked in the second that was not working in the first. Yeah, you know, really, we had to weather the storm in the first ten minutes. Um, you know their 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 pace and their speed got us a couple of times getting up ice, um, and and that's you know that's something that's pretty typical. I've seen it before in that building. They they come out hard. Uh, we were able to weather the storm. We got uh, we got a good save uh, at a key time from from Martin Jones. We settled down, and at the end of the first period, we settled things down, um, and then you know just just got going in uh, in the second. The power play goal was obviously really uh, really an important goal for us. But even bigger was to be able to answer with the Vince, uh, the Vince Dunn goal immediately after they tied it up. So that was, you know, in terms of key points in the hockey game, that was probably the biggest one for me is being able to answer right back, regain the lead, and then build it to a to a three goal lead by the end of the period. Well, you had the loss on Friday to Edmonton. That was that was not a great night, but Tuesday in Edmonton was a great night. Uh, do you kind of use Friday night as motivation, or are you the kind of coach that says flush it, whatever, don't even bring it up, let's go play hockey on Tuesday? No, you know we. I mean, we dealt. Yeah, we dealt with it right after the that night and and the next day. And um, you know, we we had a great practice, real determined practice, great effort by everybody. Everybody was upbeat. Uh, we knew what happened the night before. Uh, we, you know, we were a little bit embarrassed uh, by by the outcome and the way that that game went. But nobody hung their heads. Everybody came back to work the next day. We just wanted to make sure that we were ready for the uh, you know for the next outing, for the next opportunity. And we were. We were ready for the Islanders. 
uh, we were able to put things back on track and push it the right direction. Yeah, uh, Dave Haxtall with us. Uh, I was asking your studio guy. Yeah, you may have heard of him. His name is Mike Benton, by the way. He's got he's he's the guy with the loud voice and does the show from the concourse out there on game night. Yeah, and we're talking about Martin Jones and Philip Grubauer. Uh, and has has Martin kind of become you know goaltender number one? Uh, and I want to get your thoughts on that because you do have to manage time in the net, obviously. You're going to need both those guys. How do you kind of massage this partnership between him and Philip the rest of the way? Well, I think, you know, I don't think we have to massage. I think we just have to be, uh, you know, really, uh, you know, direct and forthright in what our plan is and uh, how we're going about the decisions of the starts. And uh, we know that both guys are good goaltenders. Both guys are awesome and great teammates. Um, And we're going to need both guys down the stretch. So, you know, we, we had a couple starts in a row for Grooby. Um, Jonesy went back in against the Islanders, played really well, so that earned him, you know, the next night. And, you know, we're, we're a couple nights later now, and, you know, he's, uh, he's played well in, you know, in those last three games. So um, both, both of these guys, you know, are, are quality. You know, they're, they're quality players, they're quality people, and, you know, they're going to both have to win games for us. The way it's gone with... Um, with injuries and things like that for Phil being out uh, for the amount of time that he was. You know, Jonesy's, Jonesy's played, you know, a lot more games. Um, but, you know, that's that's not to say, um, you know, exactly where we'll go as we go through the rest of the year. But right now, uh, Jonesy's been good. So, you know, he goes back in the net. You know, Dave Haxtell again with us. Uh, crack and have uh, Ottawa uh, coming up next, by the way, right here on 93.3 KJRFM, coming off the win last night over Toronto. In Toronto, and we talk, Dave, so much about the roster. We say things like, hey, this is only the second year for these guys playing together. Last year, it was a whole new group, blah, blah, blah. But we don't talk much about coaches and how you guys have changed and how you've changed maybe just since you're number one. How are you taking, if at all, Dave, a different approach now versus the approach that you took a year ago at this time? Well, I, I mean, your approach, you know, my my approach doesn't, you know, doesn't change in terms of my approach to a daily, you know, daily basis, philosophy, how we want to go about things. Um, but every team is different. You know, every team is different. Different, uh, you know, different tweaks to routines work, you know, better or worse for, you know, different groups of, of guys. And, um, you know, really for, for us right from day one, you know, we felt like we, you know, we put a foundation in place last year. Now we weren't we weren't uh, where we wanted to be in terms of wins, losses, um, and the results. But if you look down the stretch, we had a group of guys that played really hard, really consistently, and found some success. Yeah. We wanted to make sure that coming into training camp, uh, we immediately started to build on that, and and that you know that togetherness, the hard work, uh, and then the competitiveness that we wanted to have right from training camp uh, on into the season. And, and our guys have done a really good job with that. We've, you know, we've, uh, we've worked to make sure that we have that as, as part of our day, whether it's practice or game days. Um, and, and I give our leadership a lot of credit. They've been really focused uh, on continuing to progress and really produce some successful results.
Well, I'm hearing your name getting tossed around hack for the coach of the year in the NHL. You and some guy from New Jersey. So we're going to keep pumping that up for you because you're doing a hell of a job. But I'll tell you who else is doing a hell of a job is Shane Wright, man. What a what a 36 to 48 hours for him. He gets a pretty important goal for Team Canada. He wins a championship. Uh, now he's going back to Kingston uh, with uh, with Ontario and their and their league. Tell me about Shane Wright and the last couple of days for him, Coach. Well, first of all, happy birthday to uh, to Ryder yesterday, and, and what a great way to uh, spend his birthday. Um, what a, I mean, what an accomplishment uh, for he and his teammates, you know, to uh, a tournament uh, and you know, and and win the gold medal. It's not an easy thing to do under the pressure uh, that those kids, those players, are under, especially in you know under the scrutiny they are in Canada in their home country. Um, just a great tournament for Shane. If you look at it all the way through as a captain and a leader dealing with some early adversity and continuing to build and grow as a team, you know, he's a huge part of that coming into the medal round, making sure that the, the performances were at a level, you know, to continually have success and, and ultimately find ultimate success. So great tournament for him. Uh, dynamic play last night for the second goal. Um, you know, real important minutes for him throughout. So, uh, just a you know a spectacular turn of, tournament for him, and you know we're we're thrilled with the outcome, yep. but really happy with experiences that he's gone through. Now he'll you know he'll return to uh, to Kingston after having you know a day or maybe two with his family to uh, you know to recoup after the long tournament, uh, and you know he can go and, and continue that momentum now uh, back in in uh, in the CHL in the OHL. No, I love it. Well, uh, Hack, before you go, Dave Hackstall again with us, coach of the Kraken. Big win over Toronto last night, uh, getting Ottawa tomorrow in Ottawa. You'll hear the game right here on KJR. And I don't know, Coach, how much time you spend on social media. Hopefully, for your sake, it's not a lot. But there is a lot of nonsense, a lot of nonsense on social media. And there's a lot of nonsense about Shane Wright and his character and the kind of guy he is. Most of it, I think, emanating from Montreal, by the way. Uh, talk about him as a as a kid. Talk about him as a teammate, and maybe something about him and his character that you would not know unless you were with him every day. Yeah, you know he's a real calm and and quiet individual, uh, but quietly very confident. Uh, extremely well liked uh, immediately by you know both younger and older players on our roster, um, and a guy that. Uh, you very quickly understand the intelligence that he approaches things with. He's, he's a very, very smart player on the ice. His hockey sense is outstanding, but he's he's equal to that off the ice. So, uh, tremendous young you know young man. Um, you know a guy that uh, is going to continue to grow and and by no coincidence was wearing the C in one of the most pressure packed tournaments for his home country during the World Junior Tournament. I think that says an awful lot about him. No doubt. Hey, great job uh, on the road trip so far. Go get him tomorrow against Ottawa, and we'll talk down the road, Coach. Appreciate this, man. Sounds great talk to you. Thanks for having me on. You bet. Dave Haxtell with us, head coach of your Seattle Kraken, uh, going for win number four in a row tomorrow. 3.30 pregame, 4 o'clock face-off against Ottawa right here on KJR. We're going to break. Football Friday with Softy and Dick. Proudly brought to you by Bud Light. On your home for the 12th man in the NFL. Ladies and gentlemen, need we say more? Sports Radio 93.3 KJR FM. All right, final segment for us on a Friday night. Final segment, Softy and Dick without Dick right here on 93.3 KJRFM. Yes, it's true. 
This man has no dick. Jackson Phelps with us. We'll see you Monday at 3 o'clock before the Kraken game at 4 o'clock, by the way. National championship game on Monday night. Uh, I remember asking you on the air about two weeks ago, is there a chance that Greg Burkhalter is going to get fired as the U.S. men's national team? And you said no in your defense. You weren't thinking about this controversy that came up, but I'm a little confused. So let me just kind of see if I can get this in a nutshell. There's a former player that played for Greg Burkhalter, or is it a current player? No, so so let, let's. This is this is. Let me let me try and paint ahead, it and see ahead. how wrong I get it. Okay. So what I'm understanding is there is some player somewhere, either former or current, who played for Greg, and his mom didn't like the way his son was treated. And she's got some dirt on Burke Halter and his wife from like 30 years ago that she has now released to the media. You're pretty, is that, is you're that pre- right? You're pretty wrong. Really? <laughs> yes. Not even close. Uh, you're, Am you're, I in the, in the same stratosphere? Basically, you're in like the, the back row of the 300 okay. level when you're looking way down at the field. All right. Tell me what's going on. All right. So basically, here's the situation. The current U.S. soccer head coach, Greg Burhalter, uh, about 30 years ago, he was best friends with a player named Claudio Reyna. Got it. Claudio Reyna right. is the <laughs> is the father of Gio Reyna, who currently plays on the U.S. team. Gotcha. So gotcha. Claudio Reyna was, A, teammates with Greg Berhalter for many, many years. They grew up together. They played together for many Got years. It. Got it. Reyna was the best man at Berhalter's wedding. And now his son plays for him. Exactly. Okay, gotcha. Two, right. two very, very good friends. Right. But Claudio Reyna was, and, and his wife were mad at Greg Berhalter for not playing his son, Gio Reyna, as much as they wanted to in the World Cup. This is ultimate soccer mom story or wow. ultimate, ultimate parent, you know, little league story here. They got mad. You aren't playing my son as much. Hey, Greg, listen, if you don't play my son, Gio, more, remember that story that you told me about how you kicked your wife 30 years ago? I will release that to everybody wow. and put you in a bad light and get you fired if you don't play my son more. And keep in mind, these are two former best friends. Best right. man at the guy's wedding. Right, and this guy did, okay, first of all. Extorting him to play his son more. Claudio's his name? Claudio And his Rain. son's name is Gio? Gio. Does Claudio have a beef? With how much Geo is playing or not playing? Yes, he does. Have, no, like like a legit beef. Um, is he right about that? Oh, that's a, that's a good question. Is he right? I, I personally would say yes. I think Geo should okay. play more, but many okay. others would say no. So his dad is pissed off that his son is not playing enough, right. and in order to get his son to play more, he's coming out with he's blackmailing Greg Burkholder. He's extorting his former best okay. friend. Gotcha. Yes. So Claudia, uh, Cla- is it Claudio or Claudia? Claudio. Claudio got to a point where he said, "You know what? I gave you a warning. He didn't come through. Now I'm going public." With everything we know. But here's the problem is that <laughs> is that he did so, but he did so just to US soccer. He didn't do so to the public. Right. And then uh and then Greg the thing that set this all in motion was Greg Burhalter put out a tweet with those screenshot, you know, long text and he tells the whole story of what he was being extorted for, wow. what, he, what, what the blackmail was. So he was. was the one that made the whole thing public. He's, okay, I got Greg you. is the one who made gotcha. the whole thing public, and right. that set in motion about this crazy 15 minutes on, uh, what would that be, Wednesday afternoon, this yeah. crazy 15 minutes yeah. where you have 
everything come out to the public. Where does the wife come into play? Where so, does Gio's mom come into play? So she also had comments about about how she was frustrated with the <laughs> lack of play for Gio Reyna, and and she was kind of right alongside uh, with with Claudio saying, "Hey, we we did we did we didn't make any threats at all." Well, clearly you did. Okay, this is re- this uh, first of all is ridiculous. Second of all, sounds like a freaking soap opera it for is. God's sakes. And third of all, I want to know how it ends. Is U.S. soccer going to fire this guy? Is somebody going to get arrested? I mean, they're blackmailing Greg Burkhalter. They are literally trying yeah. to extort him. Well, are there going to be criminal charges filed? Should Greg <laughs> Bur- Greg Burkhalter be fired? Uh, what What was the exact domestic incident that took place? Is it Is it firing worthy? It's thirty years ago. Right. Obviously, him and his wife are still together. Yep. They worked through it. They got over it. Should somebody be canceled for something that happened thirty years ago during a domestic dispute when clearly the wife and Greg are working through it and happiest clams i guess now 30 years later i mean what if it was 50 years ago what if it was 60 years ago how far do we go back before we stop canceling people over stuff that happened when they were 25 30 years old in my personal opinion greg should not be fired for this he should be fired for being the wrong coach of the u.s but really quick to add in one more wrinkle to this whole thing got one minute we won't take that long claudio reyna is the current sporting director for austin in mls this is a very very high-ranking person in major league soccer who will obviously about to be about to lose his job unbelievable unbelievable well <laughs> i mean first of all if i'm geo i'm embarrassed by this yeah number one that my parents would go out and do this and then number two you know look man you're opening up every skeleton in your closet right you're sure you didn't do something silly 30 years ago i'm not saying what burt Coulter did was right or wrong i have no idea what actually happened was it really a kick was it a tap under the table was it in jest was it done in anger? I got no idea, and I can't even speak on that. I would just think this, that this Claudio Reyna guy and his wife, I would think would be in some kind of trouble here. Big time. Absolutely. Well, never a dull moment for U.S. soccer. <laughs> we'll see. Maybe he gets fired and Schmetzer is the new guy. Uh, we're going to break. 654, uh, Fox Sports Radio, FSR, Jason Smith, Mike Harmon, the dynamic duo coming next on 93.3 KJRFM. See ya. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.